Happy Resurrection Sunday to you. I hope everybody is doing well out there. And today is the celebration, the most important celebration that we have in our Christian faith. It's because Jesus rose again, we too can have everlasting life. In fact, everyone who believes in Jesus, the Bible tells us, will not perish but will have everlasting life. And today is the day that we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's be sure that we are celebrating him, and we actually need to be celebrating him every single day of the year. He is worthy to be celebrated every single day. And let's give him the praise, glory, and honor that he deserves. I'm excited about sharing today's message with you. We are going to be mainly in the Old Testament today, mainly in the book of Isaiah. And before we get into the Word of God, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father God, Abba Father, how can we say thank you? We can't say thank you enough for everything that you have done for us. Father, you sent your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to live on this earth, to live a perfect life on this earth, to fulfill your law, to fulfill prophecy, to die for our sins. And then praise be unto you, Father God. You raised Jesus back to life on the third day, conquering sin, Satan, death all at one time, and ensuring that everyone, anyone who believes in Jesus shall not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, Jesus, thank you. You went through everything for us, and we don't deserve it. None of us who's ever been on the face of this earth deserves it, but that's how much you love us. You want us to be with you forever. And you brought us back to the Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love you so much, my Lord. And Father, I just thank you for this time to share your word. And Lord, as we look at the prophecy and the fulfillment of that prophecy of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, I pray that your Holy Spirit will touch hearts. And anyone listening who just, they just haven't given their lives to you for whatever reason, I pray today, even now, will be their time, that they call upon the name of Jesus and be saved. For there is no other name that we can be saved but the name of Jesus. Jesus, you are truly the way, the truth, and the life, and the only way to the Father. And we give you praise. So we ask your Holy Spirit to teach us, to lead us, to guide us into all truths. And may we be doers of your word and not hearers only. And Lord, I pray for every believer, that every believer will share the good news, the gospel, with others because everyone needs to hear. Lord, we praise you, we love you, and it's in your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. The prophet Isaiah was simply an amazing man of God. He prophesied so much about the coming Messiah. And this prophecy that we're going to read today, it was written some 700 years before the birth of Jesus. It's just phenomenal as we read this and see how he perfectly describes Jesus and how Jesus perfectly fulfills this prophecy. And there's no way, for those who are kind of skeptical and are some who are really skeptical, there's no way someone could prophesy like this and someone fulfill a prophecy so perfectly that it would be made up. It's just impossible. This scripture here that we're going to read just perfectly shows the prophecy of our Messiah, Jesus Christ, and how he fulfilled that prophecy. It's just amazing to read, and so we're going to read it. And often, Isaiah 53 is referred to as the first gospel of Jesus Christ because it's such a phenomenal prophecy about him, about his death, burial, and resurrection. So that's where we're going to 
camp out for most of this morning, but we're actually going to start in Isaiah 52, verses 13 through 15. So if you have your Bible, open it up to Isaiah 52, verses 13 through 15. And if you're traveling and you can't open your word right now, well, definitely please keep listening. But you can also go back and listen to the podcast. Just search for the Love and Action podcast on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Spotify, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find the Love and Action podcast and you can listen to it. And I encourage you to share it as well so others can hear the gospel message and hear this prophecy and see how Jesus fulfilled it. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 52, verses 13 through 15. Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of children of mankind. So shall he sprinkle the many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which has not been told to them they see, and that which they have not heard they understand. Now we go into Isaiah chapter 53, and we will read all 12 verses here. Verse 1. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before it shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people, and they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in him. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Wow. If you know the story of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ from the New Testament, you would have thought that this came from the New Testament. But no, it was 700 years 
prior to the actual event that Isaiah prophesied about Jesus. Jesus is described here as the suffering servant. And I like what the MacArthur Bible Commentary says about this past, these passages that we just read out of Isaiah 52 and Isaiah 53. He writes, This is the last and most memorable of the four Messiah servant songs. There's four Messiah servant songs that Isaiah writes in his prophecy, and this was the last part of it, the fourth one. He goes on to write, This section contains unarguably incontrovertible proof that God is the author of Scripture and Jesus the fulfillment of messianic prophecy. The details are so minute that no human could have predicted them by accident and no imposter could have fulfilled them by cunning. Clearly, this refers to Messiah Jesus as the New Testament attests. It is often alluded to without being quoted. And we see that in passages in the New Testament like in Mark chapter 9 verse 12 and Romans 4:25, 1 Corinthians 15:3, 2 Corinthians 5:21, 1 Peter 1:19 and 1 John 3:5. And we see in the in Isaiah 52 where we read the verses 13 through 15 that it's a summary and it's a preview of the humiliation and exaltation of the suffering servant who is Jesus. And it's described in more detail in Isaiah 53, which we read. The details cover the work of Christ in his substitutionary death, his burial, his resurrection, his saving of sinners, his intercession, and his kingdom. It's all right there in Isaiah 53 and those last few verses of Isaiah 52. And again, it's just intriguing to read this scripture and match it up with New Testament especially the Gospels, but even the letters of Peter and the letters of Paul, they talk about, they write about the prophecy and how Jesus fulfilled it. And I want to look at some of the prophecy in Isaiah 53 that Jesus fulfilled, because it's quite astonishing. And if you've never looked at it, you're going to be like, wow, that's amazing. If you have looked at it before, which many have, I just hope it just rejuvenates your faith and just makes you even more excited about this awesome Lord and Savior that we serve, this risen King, King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus Christ, the one true Messiah. Let's look at some prophecy here. Isaiah 53 verse 1, prophesy that Israel will fail to recognize the Messiah. And we see that in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verses 35 through 38. So if you're following along in your Bible, we're going to flip back and forth from Isaiah 53 to New Testament Scripture to show the prophecy being fulfilled. In verse 1, Isaiah prophesied that Israel will fail to recognize her Messiah. And Gospel of John chapter 12, verses 35 through 38. Let's read. So Jesus said to them, The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. When Jesus had said these things, he departed and hid himself from them. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him. So that the spoken word by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed. So we see Israel did not recognize their Messiah. 
They were blinded. They just they did not see. They didn't believe as we see here. When the prophet writes the arm of the Lord, the word arm is talking about the power of God. They didn't recognize it. And that scripture was fulfilled when Jesus was walking here on earth and performing all those miracles, yet they still did not believe. Isaiah 54, 53 verse 4, Jesus healed people as a symbol of his bearing of sin as quoted in Matthew eight sixteen through 17. And again, in, in verse 4, we read that surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. We read in Matthew chapter 8, verses 16 and 17, That evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. More prophecy fulfilled. Let's look at Isaiah 53, verses 7 and 8. Isaiah writes, He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that went before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. We see in Acts chapter 8, verses 32 through 33, Philip, one of the disciples of Jesus, he encounters an Ethiopian eunuch who had been in Jerusalem to worship, and he was in his chariot reading the prophet Isaiah, but he did not know what he was reading. He didn't understand it. So Philip informed him. He asked Philip, what did it mean? So Philip told him, and this is what he told him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this, like a sheep, he was led to slaughter, and like a lamb before its shears, he is silent. So he opens not his mouth, and his humiliation Judgment was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And Philip informs him that that was Jesus, that the prophet was writing about Jesus, prophesying about the Messiah, who is Jesus Christ. And the eunuch gives his life to Jesus, and Philip actually baptizes him. That's another example of a prophecy that was fulfilled. And Philip used that prophecy to show somebody who was seeking that that was Jesus and that person came to the Lord. And still in Isaiah 7, another prophecy that was fulfilled, Jesus remained silent at all phases of his trial. And we can read about that in a number of different verses in the, the New Testament. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 26, verse 63, and Matthew 27, verses 12 through 14 the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, verse 61, Mark 15, verse 5, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, verse 9, the Gospel of John, chapter 19, verse 9, and 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 23. And let's read that out of 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 23. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who just who judges justly. So Peter was writing about how Jesus, he didn't open his mouth. He didn't say a word as they were beating him, as they were crucifying him, just as the prophet Isaiah prophesied he would. Let's also read Matthew 27, verses 12 through 14. But when he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? 
but he gave no answer, not even a single charge, so that the governor was greatly amazed. So they're charging Jesus, and he's not saying a word. Fulfilling prophecy from Isaiah chapter 53, verse 7. And from that same verse, verse 7, that verse was filled with prophecy. Jesus was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And we read that in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 29. The next day John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So John was letting everybody know there he is. There's the Messiah. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 through 19. Knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like a lamb without blemish or spot. Jesus was the perfect lamb of God. He did not sin. There was not a blemish in him. There's not a spot in him. He lived a perfect life because we couldn't. We couldn't fulfill the law, but he did. And he died as a substitute for us. He took the punishment that you and I, that we all deserve, he took that for us so we could believe in him and have eternal life, everlasting life. What an awesome, awesome Savior we serve. Praise God. Revelation chapter 5, verse 6. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain. Jesus, the Lamb of God. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 9. Jesus was completely innocent of all charges against him. And we read that in Luke chapter 22, verse 37. For I tell you that this scripture must be fulfilled in me. And he was numbered with the transgressors. For what is written about me has its fulfillment. So Jesus is telling his disciples and therefore telling us scripture, prophecy is being fulfilled. And we can look throughout the book of Isaiah and see prophecy about Jesus, which was fulfilled. Look at Isaiah chapter 50, verse 6. I gave my back to those who strike, and my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and from spitting. Jesus fulfilled that prophecy in Matthew 26, 67, Matthew 27, verse 26, and verse 30, Mark 14, verse 35, Mark 15, verse 19, Mark 22, verse 63, and John 18, verse 22. Matthew 26, 67 says, Then they spit in his face and struck him, and some slapped him. Prophecy being fulfilled. He fulfilled Isaiah chapter 50, verse 7. But the Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. Jesus was determined to go to Jerusalem, and he went, and he was arrested, and he was crucified for you and for me. But praise be to God, it doesn't end there. He comes out of that grave, <laughs> hallelujah, on the third day, just as prophecy said. And, and Jesus kept telling his disciples, and he, and he was telling the Jews, look, I'm going to rise in three days. The people didn't either understand him or didn't believe him, but they saw, oh, did they see Jesus come back to life. God raised him back to life. And because he lives, we live. After describing the servant's dreadful suffering, Isaiah predicts his resurrection in verse 10. Isaiah 53, 10. He shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. To prolong days and similar ex 
expressions occur 21 times in the Old Testament. With one exception, which is in Psalms, these expressions always refer to lengthening earthly life. But he shall prolong his days. That refers here to a dead person. Thus, speaking of the servant's life extending after death, his resurrection. See that? He shall prolong his days. Well, how can he prolong his days after he's suffered and died like that? Well, because he's going to be resurrected. He's going to be brought back to life. And that prophecy was indeed fulfilled. And through his death and resurrection, the suffering accomplishes God's plan. This is all God's plan. The suffering that Jesus went through accomplishes God's plan to bring us back into relationship with him. And Isaiah presents Christ's saving work, his atoning death and resurrection, as the basis on which God will accept all who trust him as Lord and Savior. And we can read that. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. Most of them are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. And that was Paul writing. I actually read through verse 8 there. But that's why we celebrate Jesus He died for our sins. He rose again to give us eternal life. And we just have to believe in him. Skeptics out there, there's something called faith. And we got to have faith to believe in Jesus. And people try to make sense of somebody coming back to life. And it's intellectually, that's kind of hard to do. But God, you have to understand, God, he's God. He's creator of heaven and earth. He created everything. He created you, he created me, and he wants us to live with him forever. And to do that, there had to be a perfect sacrifice. And there wasn't one here on earth. The Jews sacrificed animals. That just wasn't enough. Jesus came, and he fulfilled the law. Because the thing about the law, if you break one, you've broken it all. And so none of us, no human ever walked the face of this earth could ever fulfill all of the law. But Jesus did, and then he suffered, and he died for you and for me. Let's read one account of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 28. We're going to start in verse 1. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. 
Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Praise God. Eyewitness accounts of Jesus' resurrection. And there's so much proof of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Some proof that's very easy to see is in his disciples. For example, Peter. We know that he denied Jesus three times. And that's when Jesus was going through his arrest and and going through the beating, the crucifixion. Peter denied him because Peter was scared. Peter saw his, his Lord being arrested and going through all the suffering, and he was scared. He was terrified, and he figured he would probably be next or any of the disciples could be next. But after they saw Jesus, we see such a turnaround in each one of his disciples, and especially Peter, because Peter all of a sudden becomes unafraid. He shares the gospel of Jesus Christ with those who arrest, who had Jesus arrested and crucified, knowing that they could do the same to him. But he didn't care because he saw Jesus alive after he saw him die. And he knew that Jesus, without a shadow of a doubt, is who he says he is, the Son of God, the Messiah, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Peter even tells those Jewish leaders, look, you all had him put to death but he's alive. So you see a change, you see that dramatic change in him. And, and there's just so many accounts of Jesus and so many changes in lives because of Jesus. And the voice that you're hearing this morning is another one of those lives who Jesus has changed. And I'm telling you, he is real and he loves you. And he wants you to know that right where you're at, it doesn't matter what you've done, what you haven't done. He loves you. And he wants to save you. And if you're listening this morning and you are ready to give your life to Jesus, you you may even say, well, I don't understand everything. Well, the disciples didn't understand everything right at first either. And it's a process of growing in Jesus, but it starts with faith in him. And if you're ready to give your life to Jesus, I just want to lead you in a simple prayer. And you can pray it any way you want to. The word of God says, in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. Jesus says to repent. And so repent means to turn from our ways and to turn to him. So I'm just going to lead you in a simple prayer to do that. And just mean it as you pray. And Jesus is going to come in. He's going to forgive you. And he's going to pour out his love on you and give you eternal life. Just pray something like this. Dear God, I come to you right now, a sinner. I know I need a Savior, and I believe Jesus is that Savior. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And Father, I believe you raised Jesus back to life on the third day. I repent of my sins. I turn from my ways, and I turn to you, Jesus. Forgive me for all my sins. Cleanse me from all of my unrighteousness. Save me, Lord. Jesus, I thank you for saving me. Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior, and I love you. Fill me with your Spirit and help me to live for you each and every day. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Call out to him now. He's ready to save you. He's ready to forgive you. He's ready 
to pour his love, grace, and mercy upon your life. If you've made that decision this morning, I encourage you to tell somebody about it. I encourage you to contact me. I'd love to give you some some materials, some next steps. You can contact me at ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. Ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. Or call our office at 334-494-4995. That's 334-494-4995. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for conquering Satan, sin, and death and giving us eternal life. Thank you for going through all that for us, Jesus. Thank you for loving us like you do. And we praise you that you are alive and you live and you reign forevermore. Thank you for joining me today. Have an awesome day. Remember, Jesus loves you. And I encourage you to tell somebody about him this week. Share your testimony with somebody this week. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.